This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Too bad this isn't a video podcast because Dave and Ricky are being weird with their thumbs right now, but we got Ricky Widmer. What's up, what's up? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And we are going to be talking about some Russell Westbrook. We're going to be talking about Drew Holiday and the resurgence of the Pelicans, apparently, because they're six and four in the past 10, and they've been looking good with Drew Holiday returning. And then we're talking trades. We're talking trades, guys. Trades? Because it's never too early to talk trades. Talking trades. Trades. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking about who's going to be traded before the All-Star break. Uh, December 15th is a deadline. that That's going to be very interesting to see what happens well, after I mean, that. December 15th is when if the players who sign deals in the offseason, they can now get packaged and do those deals. So that's going to be an Makes interesting. moving people a little easier. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there and, and see if anyone is moved. And we'll talk a little bit about that, who could be moved, any big names are going around. But let's talk out. Uh, first, about the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have been bad lately. Three and seven in their past ten. They are on a losing streak to go along with... Actually, they're on a winning streak right now. They, they've won one game, but outside of that, they've been pretty bad. But Russ has been fantastic, and we're not surprised by that. Russ has almost passed LeBron James for most triple doubles in a career. I believe he's at 44. LeBron's at 46, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And as we record this, I'm sure he'll get like two more overnight. So. Exactly. So, Russ has been absolutely ridiculous, uh, but... The question that we're really posing here, and, and it was the question that we kind of talked a little bit when he resigned, was can Russell Westbrook lead the Thunder to the playoffs by himself? Because and I feel like carry might be the more carry, applicable term yes. there because can he lead? Uh, many people do see him as a leader on that team. His maturity has been called into question before, but at the same time, dude is a general on the floor, and you have to respect him. He, he's passionate. Um, but this team had some question marks coming into the season with Oladipo being brought in. Uh, obviously, they flipped around some pieces to get extra, but like you've got two bigs down low, which we all assumed it was pretty much going to be Russ, Adams, and Cantor. That's how they're going to win their games. And to be honest, we haven't seen a lot of great production there. We've seen some good pick-and-roll play here and there, but it's spotty at best. Well, and to me, the big thing that I'm thinking of is I when we made our preseason predictions— I wanted to so badly. There was a part of me that's like, you know what? Put the Thunder at nine. Put them just out of the playoffs. Oh, I wanted them high. Well, and the reason why I say you that put is... put them high, too. Pocket was... Depot. <laughs> or pocket, you got Pocket Westbrook in regular, like full-size Westbrook, mini mm-hmm. Westbrook. I mean, why not? Well, and the thing I looked back to was two years ago when the 14-15 season, we saw this book, this movie, whatever you want to call it, already play out. Katie was injured. It was Russell Westbrook's team for most of it. And did they make the playoffs that year? No. And I know it's a different team than that time, but it's one of those things where I'm looking at it right now and I'm going, hey, you know what? Looking at the numbers, is Russ a little bit better than that year? Yeah, he's got a little bit more points by like three. He's shooting a little bit better from beyond the arc around the same from two. His assist numbers are up and his rebounding numbers are up from that year. Point two away from having a triple, but, averaging a triple yeah, over right and now, it's yeah, one, which is it's ridiculous. one of those things where can one guy carry a team all the way to the playoffs? My answer is no, unless you're LeBron James. Really, you don't think Russell Westbrook can carry this Thunder team? This it's going to be interesting to see. Even if he does something exactly that hasn't been happens. done since he, 1961, he's somewhere. Be, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing what he's doing out there, and the fact that triple doubles are now common in in today's NBA is just 
mind-blowing to think about the way that we've changed in 10 years ago. I mean, everyone's like, oh, well, LeBron, you know, if he had, if he wanted to, LeBron could probably have like 100 triple-doubles by now. Uh, somebody actually looked it up. Uh, someone on Reddit, mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember their name, but like, yeah, if he was like one under or one away from in games with double-doubles, it was something like 100. He would be close to 100. Mm-hmm. And it's absurd. And wh- I, I just say he can't because right, and I mean, this moment at the standings, it is one game separates the ninth team in the Lakers from the Thunder, who are the sixth seed if the playoffs started today. And, and one thing I want to I want to bring up here, too, because we, we are early in the season mm-hmm. here, right? and before yeah. we get to the talk of can you really lead, uh, going to Dave's point about triple-doubles, uh, ESPN has a, a graphic from the Elias Sports Bureau where Oscar Robinson had 10 games in 1961-62 to 62 with 30 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds, uh, and that's in a single season. Russ already has four games in that way this season where he's had 30 points, 15 assists, and and 10 rebounds in his last game against Denver in OT at 36, 18, and 12. So obviously, Russ has been ridiculous. He's an obviously fantastic company with Oscar Robertson, who's one of the best, uh, Robertson, who's one of the best uh, players of all time. I don't know where, he, where he'd rank for us, but still, I think with performances like that, it's hard to say he couldn't because we saw James Harden. I, mean, I know he did have a little bit of help from Dwight Howard there, but Dwight Howard wasn't the same Dwight He's Howard. He's a fading man. Yeah. yeah. He, he wasn't the same guy where, where they went to the Western Conference Finals. We saw that. James Harden could do it, and I think that Russ is a better player than James Harden. Dave, we can discuss that that's, a little bit. That's an interesting discussion. We'll get to that later. But at least because I think that his game, I, I, James Harden's a better shooter, but I think that Russ is the more dynamic player, at least. And Russ I think, is dynamic, yeah. I'll give you that. And, and, I, and I think that he can do that, especially where him and Oladipo will grow and gel more throughout the season. You'll get cancer. You'll get uh, Adams into the mix a little bit more. Sabonis will get more acclimated to, to the NBA game. I think that this team will be fine. And then we've also seen... Scott Presti or, or Sam Presti make so many moves at the deadline to bolster his team that I think the Thunder can make moves to help them. I think that Russell Westbrook can lead the Thunder to the playoffs by himself. Well, is it really leading or is it carrying? Carrying. Because, I mean, the thing that Whatever I... Whatever term you want to use. Well, you and, hope by the end of the year it's leading. Well, and yeah, I phrase, honest, Early in the season, maybe carrying. Let's carry. be honest. I phrase it that way because when I look at Russell Westbrook, he's not a player that I see. A, I don't see it as like a leader. Being like, because he's the one ball in my hands all the time. He doesn't seem like a guy. I know that his assist numbers are nine or ten, but it's one of those things where I don't see him as a guy where you know. Let, let me get let me get yours first. No, it's I'm going to get mine first, and I think that this Thunder team is going to rely too much on him. When you look at the top of each each conference, I mean Warriors. I mean I shouldn't have started with them, but complete team. <laughs> Clippers have a complete team. Spurs have a complete team. Go over to the East. I know the Cavs have LeBron James, so I'm not going to include them. They have the best player in the NBA. But, but they also have the Raptors. The Raptors, they are a team, actually, that I would say that maybe the Thunder can aspire to be. DeMar DeRozan playing completely out of his mind, mm. but they do have a team around him of guys that you wouldn't expect to be a team, but they're there. The Hawks have a team. The Bulls have a team. These are actual players that are together. I'm going to completely disagree with you on the Toronto thing because Toronto proved last year that they're a team. And Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and this whole same exact team went to the Eastern Conference Finals and was one of the best teams in the NBA. So I don't know if calling them not a team is... 
I think I, I think strengthen my Rosen, argument. They think, are a team. I think Demar Derozan has been carrying him, carrying him this year, but I, I don't think he needs to be carrying him like Russ needs to. And also with the Bulls, we haven't really seen them be a full team here. Ricky, I know you're drinking the Kool Aid hey, here. I'm not. They're saying ten that, and four. It's been fourteen. I'm games. not saying it's been a lot of individual performances during that. I'm not saying the Bulls are going anywhere. I'm just saying you look at. I, I would use, I would use the Hawks more so because they're a team That's where fine. you have five guys averaging in double figures, but I just think this Thunder team is going to rely too much on Russ. Too much on Russ this season, and they may finish ninth. Well, that, that that's that's a fair argument there because I mean you have the Hawks who are the Spurs East, as yep. as, we, mm-hmm. as we said. And, and two, one thing with with Oklahoma that in these past ten games, there's been a lot of close losses. Orlando was a two point loss. Uh, L A was a two point loss. You also have an overtime game against Indiana that went uh, was 115 to 111. The L A game as well, 111 to 109, where uh, it was Uncle literally P, last second. Yeah. Swaggy P stole the ball from yep. his own teammate, and uh, and really, I mean, even this Denver game could have been a loss as well. So, I think that Russ has proven that he can carry them in multiple games, where he's scoring 41, 33, 30, 31, 34, 36 a night. And I think it's just more of he will he can carry his team to an eighth seed or a seventh seed or a sixth mm-hmm. seed because we've seen it before and James Harden did it last year as well because there was no Dwight Howard last year they made it to the playoffs they did have to face the yeah. Warriors but I still think that they can he can carry them to the playoffs just because he is such a dynamic player and is it you know are the Thunder going to win a championship like the top four teams in the West and the East no but can they make the playoffs I think they can. Yeah, I, th- I think they're a dangerous team. And, Ricky, what you mentioned earlier about, you know, uh, I'm going to have the ball in my hands and I'm going to look for my shots first and then pass later. At at some point, though, that's the right call. I don't I don't care if you want to call him a greedy player, but it, it doesn't matter. If he's the best shooter on the team at that time, then you want him. It's like it's like AI back yeah, in the day. Best shooter, best Not, scorer. Best scorer, I'm sorry. You're right, you're right. Because Russ is a pretty shitty shooter. He, he's, he's average. Yeah. Uh, go back to the AI days where it's like, oh, yeah, they, they really tried to have him play like team ball. So he'd pass the ball around and he'd get it back with about four seconds left. And be like, go create something for yourself in these four seconds or you're screwed. And he kind of got burnt by that. And then you saw what became AI ball, which was just balls in my hands. I do what I want. And you're all just here to watch, I mean, which is awesome. But I think Russ is Russ is still looking for people as outlets. Uh, obviously, his assist numbers are fantastic, but like, I, I think he's building up some trust with Oladipo. They're they're new teammates. Same with Sabonis. I think we're all very high in him. His shooting has been fantastic. He came out of the gates firing. Uh, really, my my big surprise is the lack of dominance down low by Cantor and Adams. And I think that until those two guys start picking it up and playing the level they should be on closer to where they were during the last playoff series, mm-hmm. uh, then then we'll start to see this Thunder team, and he can lead and not carry. Well, and the big thing for this is a Thunder now as a team. This is not just mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. If you look at the Western Conference, the big thing I'm looking at right now is from the sixth seed down through eight. We have really, to me right now, four teams, maybe five as the season goes on, that could fight. For all three of those spots, you got the Thunder, Jazz, and Blazers, who are technically in the playoffs if it ended today. The Lakers, who have shown flashes so far in this young season. One of the season. top offenses. And to me, I'm going to give all the credit to their Luke. coach. Luke. They're a well-coached team, and that's where it starts. But another team, and we're going to talk about them later in this podcast, a team that could be going on a run, the Pelicans. They're that like fifth team where it's like 
don't don't count them out now that they got Drew Holiday back. You could also throw the Timberwolves in there, even though they are five and ten, but also have a positive point differential. Yeah, but are they too young but, though? But that's the thing. Maybe the young mm-hmm. youngness, where you know you have guys like D Wade and Jimmy Butler, or, or you have teams like that, like the Spurs, they might wear themselves out or might have to sit players, and then mm-hmm. that's where the Timberwolves can snap, steal a couple games. The one thing with that is, I I, I think the Thunder are a playoff team because. I'm going to compare him to 2006, 2005 Kobe, where Kobe was averaging 35, 36 a night, where Kobe was dominating. His games, usage Kobe, was like 38% or something crazy. Like, yeah. it was like Jordan's high, pretty much. It was Kobe's high. And Russ is like 41 this year. And the best you know, best person he, I mean, the best player Kobe had was Lamar Odom. And outside of that, I mean, he had a young Andrew Bynum, and that was really it. I mean, he didn't have a lot of help on the 2006, 2017, or the 2005, 2006 team, and he was averaging 35, 36 a night. And, and I think that's who I'm going to compare him to because uh, in 2006, 2007, I believe, or 2005, 2006, they were 42 and 40, and I, and that made them into they got that got them into the playoffs. They went to the Western Conference Finals, lost to the Suns 4-1. And I think that's going to be the team that they will be most like, where you're going to be carried by a guy like Kobe Bryant. You're going to yeah, be carried by a guy can... by Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And you know you might see some games where Oladipo scores 30 a night or, or you know, Cancer and Adams go for 30 combined. I think you might see games like that where Russ doesn't have to carry him every single night. But if you're going to look at most of these wins, Russ is going to be the guy carrying him. I think yep. that's going to be pairing them into the playoffs as well. But the one thing that does concern me, and this is just through... Two things concern me about the Thunder, and I know mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say this first. I know it's early. I know things in the NBA can kind of change on a dime. You kind of go through ebbs and flows in a season. I mean, Russ can get hurt. But their last 10 games, A, I would see this as a little bit of a red flag because they started out, you look at their games before that, only losing one game up into that point. And it's like, okay, a loss to Toronto, a loss against the Clippers, you can take those in stride because you can just say, you know what, they're great teams, and plus DeMar DeRozan's playing out of his mind. He had 37 in that game that Toronto came to town. But you lose to the Magic. The Pistons, it's like, okay, they're an eighth seed in the East. You can maybe live with that one. But then you lose to the Pacers, who have been a shit show this year. You lose That's to the not fucking, true. They've been good at home, and they lost you, to the yeah. Pacers at Indiana. But you lose to the Kings then on top show. of it. That, it's one of those teams where I look magic. at Magic, I look that. at Pacers, and I look magic at Kings. Magic are, are dead last in our power ranking. Spoiler alert. Well, and I, I look at those losses, That's and I go, really? <laughs> you And you lost to the Kings. Not It wasn't close. You lost 116 to 101. Yeah. Really? But then you really? could, but then you can also say they've beaten Houston, who's a top four team in the West right now. They've beaten LA, who's a top two team. The thing with that is Russ can't do it every single night. And I think right. we, we know and the that. schedule early on is brutal with how many back to backs mm-hmm. that have been going down. I think that NBA scheduling is one of the <laughs> That's Dave's key to the NBA season is back to backs. I love it. it. Is. I love well that's it. the thing. You had to play Toronto on the ninth, then LA mm-hmm. on the eleventh, then Orlando on the thirteenth, and then the Pistons on the fourteenth. Because you brought up the same thing about the Warriors I think when it's they huge. lost to the Lakers. You're like, oh, it's a back to back. And they spanked the shit out of them mm-hmm. when they went back when, when LA went back mm-hmm. to <laughs> Golden State. No, I, I think that scheduling is one of the most, um, it, it's kind of like the silent killer for a lot of these teams because early on in the season, conditioning's not there. A lot of guys are coming in, I don't want to say, you know, out of shape, but out of shape, to be fair. Like, it, it's hard early in the season. Later in the season, it gets better and, like, they can survive it. And, of course, you have time to rest between early on. You want to go every night. You want to be there. You want to be out mm-hmm. there. And it's hard to tell guys, oh, take a seat on night seven of the season. I mean, it's just not something easy you can do. And I know, like, LeBron's already sat out a game. It, 
it's it's something that takes a lot of time and a little a little bit of patience out of your team. But like, I think that this is a team that definitely can get carried by Russ. I think they're gonna go deep. Uh, not deep. Jesus, sorry, I got on a roll to there. The playoffs. <laughs> they're, they're gonna go to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I I think this could be a year where it's yeah, you have a winning record, but you're not in the playoffs. See, it, with the thing is, is I, I'll take the fir- the current top five teams. I even will say Memphis might fall out, but but the the top the the, the four teams in Golden State, L.A., San Antonio, and Houston. I think they'll stay in. I think you got four teams in the playoffs. I was holding up three fingers. You can you can keep those four teams mm-hmm. in the playoffs. I think the Jazz too. They'll be up and down, but they'll still make the playoffs here. And then you'll have you. So that's you know sixteen or five mm-hmm. teams right there in the playoffs. And then I'm saying, all right, who's got the superstar? You have Memphis. You have Oklahoma. You have Portland. You have L.A. You have maybe New Orleans and Minnesota. I'm going to take Russ out of all those other teams. I think that Russ is going to be able to carry them into the playoffs. Now, are they going to be able to go far? That's a different question. That's a different story. But Russ will be able to get the Oklahoma City Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder, into the playoffs. I don't know how far. I just think that they will make it to the playoffs when this is all said and done. I don't know. Right now, I'm looking at this team, and I think that this 10 game stretch, it's not one of those where it's like dead in the water, you're done. And some of them in close losses, and some of them in close wins. But it's a red flag. It's a red flag to me, and I think that the team needs to go. Hey. We need to look at this because we can't afford another season like two years ago when Durant was out and we missed well, yeah, the I mean, playoffs the, with just. I, I think right now the problem is that they they have two holes they need to fill and one at small forward. Obviously, they've been trying different guys to make that work, and two is you know that score off the mm-hmm. bench because Oladipo gives you the hope of being that number two scorer on the team, but his play style is so similar to Russ's that like. I don't know. I know it works every once in a while, but I feel like that they need like a legit stud outside score. Maybe they can look pick one mm-hmm. up before in in a trade deadline. You know, maybe maybe there's a chance there. And the one thing I will say, just to be a dick, Sean, when you go, oh, you well, are a dick. So, you when are a some dick. of these games have been close, I'm gonna say this ain't college. A loss is a loss. College, you get that. Oh, well, well, you lost here, but it was a quality loss. So we're gonna look at it. in the NBA, a loss. Is a it's loss. also yes. <laughs> it's also 15, 17 games into their no, season, so they still have time to blow it up. Lot. Yep, time, time to blow it up. Like I Pretty said, much. it's still early. Thanks, Katie. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think that's just the thing too. Is also look at look at where they are at least shooting percentage wise. They're shooting thirty four percent from three as a team. I mean, that's that's brutal. So it's if, if you're gonna look for help here, you're gonna look for three point shooting. That's something they've they've always been looking for. In OKC was was that was that two guard who could shoot threes. Now you have that Nola Depot, but the reason you have that is because Katie left, and you had mm-hmm. a three who could shoot threes. Now you don't have that, so maybe you look for help there. Maybe we'll talk about that later uh, in our trade talk with a guy from uh, Sacramento, mm-hmm. Omer Caspi. Let's move on now. We we talked about Russ enough. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Ricky's iffy on it. Ricky's saying they're not. Dave's on the Russ hype train as well. I, I yep. also pr- probably think that Russ is going to do uh, average a triple-double this season as well just oh. to get them in there. I'll throw that out. That's a little sound bite there. It's a little, uh, yeah. little hot take there. Uh, but let's move on now to the other superstar who's pretty much superstar. Out, out on his island here. You, I would say he's a superstar. Yeah, he is. Anthony Davis. That's like giving you shit. Out on, his, uh, out on his island in New Orleans. And they've been decent of late. If we're looking at the last 10, 6 of 4 here. Well, and the reason, you look at the last 6. If just, look, just start right there. Let's, well, let's be honest. Well, hold on. Hold on now. I mean, they lost to Portland. Then they had a loss against Orlando. <laughs> and they had a loss. Sandwiching that between. It, it, that, I mean, they, they lost. They beat Milwaukee. But the reason they've been winning 
it has really been kind of attributed to the return of Drew Holiday after his wife was dealing with health issues. He's come back, and, and you're seeing Drew Holiday make an impact here out on the court for the, the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's really talking and, and getting this discussion going of can the New Orleans Pelicans be a dark horse playoff team and possibly be a team that slips in at eight because of Drew Holiday being able to be that distributor and be that second scorer for the Pelicans, possibly off the bench if they do keep Tim Frazier in the starting lineup. And then you have, obviously, Anthony Davis, who's a monster, who's who's able to put up 45 a night or 38 a night. Are the Pelicans a dark horse playoff contender now with the return of Drew Holiday? Drew's a game changer for them. If you have seen any of their earlier season games where it was, you know, four people watch Anthony Davis play basketball, Mm -hmm. uh, completely different team now. They've grown a a bit since then as well. But, like, adding him into the mix changes the dynamic of this team. It changes the way they run, and it gives them better shot opportunities all around. He He gets great shots, and he creates shots for other people on this team. So it's really one of those impactful players where, he can make other people around him better, and he makes his team better just by being out there. So, look, I, I'm with you. I think that they have a legit chance to be a dark horse. My concern with Drew Holiday is the same as it's always been. It's how many games is he going to play this year? He, he's played 82 games once in his career. Um, obviously, health issues. This this time off the start of the season wasn't his own health issues, but there's a chance that you know he's going to get hurt or he's going to go down. I'm sorry, the dude. He, he's just like jinxed. I don't know what you want to call it. He, mm-hmm. He's just bad luck when it comes to staying healthy during the NBA season. Well, and I mean, I look at the last few games that the Pelicans have played, and I mean, you look at opponents, like they do have some good wins. Like Charlotte had been a hot team the last time yep. we talked mm-hmm. about them. You beat them in overtime. You go to Atlanta, get a win. You split with Portland. And then Minnesota, and kind of going to push that win to the side because it's Minnesota hasn't been who we thought they were. To me, the big thing for this They were team, still 0-7. You want to crown their so, ass? So wins are wins for this team. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I know your point. The thing that I'm looking for is after this weekend, starting on Tuesday, you get the young Laker team that, I mean, fire. they're not like— They're shooting fire. Like you overlooking the Dallas team. Mavericks here? I am overlooking <laughs> Dallas and Dallas. But you get the Lakers, then you go against the Clippers, both at home. Then you get— OKC and you get Memphis. What can you do that's, in those that's a lot four of games in that matchups. stretch? Oh, and by the way, the Oklahoma and Memphis games back to backer. Let me also add something here too to that mix. Uh, there's reports that Mr. Tyreek Evans, who is a big scorer who had one of his mm-hmm. best seasons last year yep. in the 25 games he did play, could return from his knee injury the first week of December. That means they might have him for the L.A. Clipper game, the Oklahoma City game, the Memphis, Memphis game. game. And, and even if he doesn't come back in the first week, then on December 10th, you have L.A. again. That one's going to be at uh, at the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. Then on the 13th, you have Golden State. Then you have Indiana, Houston, San Antonio, Oklahoma City again. So you also are getting Tyreek Evans here. So with the addition of Drew Holiday, with the possible addition of Tyreek Evans, and if both of those players can stay healthy, because we know that's a lot to ask from both of those players, yeah, can they possibly knock out a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder to I get think into the so. playoffs? I think so. This is a team that it kind of seems like, hey, Anthony, hold down the fort for us. Try to hold it down. Wait for by us breaking to get back. records. By breaking records. And then they just start getting their team back. And this is a team that I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, for sure, pencil them in as a playoff team. But they could make a run this season if they start to gel together. Because like we have said, it is still very early in this season. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think I've shit talked this team, and and if you're waiting on Tyreek Evans to be your savior, like you're probably already screwed. But just <laughs> agreed, yeah, it's it's hard to give that credence. But look, he is going to get you points. He he is a better shooter than what they've got out there. So like you're getting an upgrade regardless. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think, is the more impactful player. But again, he's also the one who will probably be out there less because of his health issues. Um, I, I think he is. You know, in the past, he's been like that almost all-star because of his... He actually was an all-star uh, way back in 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, his numbers are really good. It's just how consistent can he be out on the floor helping you. And I think the addition of him plus Tyreek does give them credence to be a, you know, an eight seed or maybe even a seven seed. I don't know. The West is packed this year, and there's a lot of teams performing high. And there's even more, like, on the outside looking in, so... I think it'll be very close to see if they're they're going to be a down to the wire team. The one thing with, with with the Pelicans here is that how much can Anthony Davis do? Because we're talking about three players here in, in Drew Holiday, in Tyreek Evans, well, and big in three, Anthony that's Davis. What it's all about. But in those players that yeah, that's not quite a, can't the big cons- three you want. Well, I'm more of you can't consistently stay on the court for all three of those players oh, yeah. because AD's mm-hmm. dealt with injury problems. Tyreek yeah. Evans has obviously obviously dealt with injury problems coming back from a, from a bummed knee, and you also have Drew Holiday who. You know, outside of missing games earlier this year, that wasn't really for health reasons for for him, his sake. But you know, before this, but, I mean, yeah, he hasn't been last, able to be the three years before. Court. It was yeah. thirty four, forty, and sixty five games. So he's trending, you know, in the upward angle. On the up, he's on the upcline, Ricky. Yeah, he's on the upcline. But uh, it's still no guarantee that he'll make it healthy through a whole season. I, I think that all in all, he's a great player. I wish the best for him. But it, it's likely he's going to go down with an injury somewhere in the season. And that's why the guy I'm looking at has to be Tim Frazier. He's a guy I talked about a little bit last year. Of like, hey, this is a guy that they have that they could use as a point guard, especially when we were talking about guys who could move. And I'm like, oh, they could move Drew Holiday because they've got Tim Frazier. He's just got to be more consistent. I mean, a two-year pro, I mean, he did shoot four or five in that game against Minnesota, but then 3 of 12 the next game. Yeah, he's he's not Mr. Consistent out there on the floor, but at least he, he's benefited from mm-hmm. Anthony Davis going off and inflated his own stats. Yeah, and, and I don't know if Tim Frazier's <laughs> going to be the... I'm not talking too much. I don't but. know if Tim Frazier's going to be the saving grace here. The, I'm not the, saying this, the saving grace. They just team. need... They need... It's a similar problem that the Thunder have. They need people... To actually play with Anthony Davis, I mean, Anthony and, Davis can't do and it. And I think all you're going to get that from guys like Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans, who have played with Anthony Davis for yeah. three years now. I believe for Tyreek Evans ever since he came over from Sacramento, and I believe Drew Holiday has four years in, in, in New Orleans. So you have guys who have been there with AD, and you know Tim Frazier might be good off the bench, or they might leave him in the starting role because Drew Holiday has been so Spark great plug off, uh, the, bench, off yeah. the bench, scoring t- 16 points a game which will be interesting what they do here. And and the question I do want to ask and float that out there is, what do the Pelicans need, at least if we're going to be talking trade deadline, trade deadline or we're talking trades a little bit later, mm-hmm. what do they need to kind of cement themselves? Is it a veteran? Is it someone like Ryan Anderson who they lost during the offseason to kind of stretch the floor here to let AD work? down low is it more shooting because again obviously the three ball has been killing it this year yeah do you think it's more of all right they need a shooter they need someone to play that three you can move Tyreek to the two and you need a guy who can just be a dead eye on the on the outside do you need a stretch four do you possibly want to get in just a guy who's strictly I think a they big need man. a defensive stud I really do I think they need a defensive stopper uh and whether it's a three probably you're looking for a three or a mm. two mix maybe mm-hmm. um but Honestly, if you 
if you want to take it seriously, it's it's not flashy, but it's going to win them more games. They they have enough guys who can score. Like you have Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and Tyreek once he's back. That'll be fine for scoring. That takes care of, you know, like 60-plus a night, no problems, no questions asked. So they need someone out there who can actually stop the opponent from going off and lighting mm-hmm. up because defensively they're fucking awful at times. I mean abysmal. So I, I want to see them go out and get – I don't I don't have a great person in mind because this is mm-hmm. – you, you hit me on the fly here, but they need to go out and get themselves a stopper on the outside. Well, it's more of what, what what player type would you look for? Because also you can bring in bring up the idea of maybe you let AD play power forward, then you can get Omir Sheik out uh, out of the middle of uh, of of the five position and get a guy who can be a defensive stopper, at least a rim protector there. And then obviously if you have AD and a guy who can be a, just a monster uh stuffing the rim there, then you have two guys who you can basically just shut out teams from down low. So one thing and that might not help play into the to the Western Conference, but Ricky, why don't you answer I was just going to say, I wasn't going to go, like Dave said, defensively, I was just going to say a two or a three. A quality two, three, whether you want to add defense, whether you want to add shooting with that, because, I mean... Can we get your boy about, Buddy out there. We talked about Drew Hot. Yeah, but it's one of those things where we talked about that last week. Bust. Maybe he needs a little... It's not bust, he's a rookie. Bust. But maybe he needs just... The, most of these rookies need a year to kind of get the NBA speed under their game, I think you have Drew Holiday. You don't have to go out and get yourself a point guard. You've got the down low presence. I mean, well, you have Drew Holiday and Tim Frazier. So yeah, so you don't have either. to like you don't have to go out there and get a Brandon Knight. Is what I'm trying to say. Maybe getting a two or a three, and then kind of sitting down and go, okay, are we going to go defense like Dave talked about? Do we want shooting? Going more that route, but it's got to be a shooting guard or a small forward. I mean, and you, Dave, you bring up uh, Mr. Buddy Heald. Just, and, just to drop it, you know, that, that, that but, wonderful 23% from three? But that that's someone I want to bring up just because, I mean, obviously Ricky's saying he needs a year to to kind of get acclimated well, to I'm the NBA game. all the rookies. Well, yeah, but, if, but just throwing it out to him specifically that he needs a, a year to kind of get acclimated to the NBA. But with a guy who was a four-year player at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you were we were saying he's the most NBA-ready prospect. He's the guy that's going to come in, step in right away. I mean, you know, shooting such a big part of the NBA, he's going he's gonna to be able that, to step in and contribute. Yeah. And now where he's a guy who wasn't the greatest defender at Oklahoma, we've, that was probably the biggest knock coming out, of, coming out of him. He was a great scorer, but we haven't really seen that touch from him yet. Do you think that's possibly a player that they could move? And I know that might be insane saying, all right, why are you going to move him? But if it's a player that you can get a guy who's already contributing, a guy that's... Uh, that, Who'd want him? That's the thing I look at. Like, well, who, who wouldn't want a, sh- a possible it's, scorer it's one like of those that things off the bench? That, yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things where if you're going to paint, paint yeah. him as always, oh, been struggling so far as a rookie, a, Etwan Moore who is in their right him. mind is going to say, hey, you know what, and the Pelicans... I'm saying he's not a main piece in the deal. Well, they're they're in a situation right now where they're fine with just him doing his own thing because really they drafted Chuck G- Chuck Diallo. And we've only seen him one game, and I look at this team rookie wise, and I go, hey, you know what? We're getting huge. They're getting most of the minutes from Ethan Moore and Langston Galloway at the at that shooting guard position. And we're maybe Buddy Heald, this team is going, hey, you know what? You do you, and then when you come, you're here. Say each one more. Each one more? Each one? Why are you putting so much emphasis? It's, it's each one more. It's each one more. 
It sounds French. Yeah, you're trying to French. Spanish. It's Antoine. Antoine more. Each one more. You looked at me like I said it wrong. I'm like, yeah. no, I you said it wrong. Right. You just said it wrong. Yeah, this isn't like we're not going to stop and re-record it. It, just, it seems weird the way you're saying it. It seems like you're adding a lot of French to it. Eat one more. All right. Anyways, <laughs> now it sounds the more you're saying it sounds. But a guy that we compared Buddy Heald uh, to coming out of college relentlessly was JJ Redick. Yeah, we didn't stop the comparisons because in college and all this and looking now at JJ Redick's. Uh, rookie stats, he played 14 minutes looking at Buddy Heald. He's playing 17, so a little bit increase mm-hmm. uh, minutes-wise here. But J.J. Redick was a better shooter from the floor, shooting 41% from the field. Buddy Heald shooting 36% from the field. And threes, J.J. was shooting 38% from three. And, and Buddy Heald was shooting tw- 23% now. And but here's averaging, the thing. Uh, but he is averaging more points. But Think about this with J.J. What team did he start his career with? Orlando. A shit team. He didn't really start to become himself I mean, until he got to a team like yeah, but what I'm know, saying the Clippers. Is, but what I'm saying is J.J. Redick was still having, still has better stats than Buddy Heald right now, and they're both they're both on crap Look, teams. Adding in, I think that, that was before Orlando got good. <laughs> yeah, but who? And it's also you have to look back to see who Orlando had at the shooting guard position. Like I said, you have more in Galloway. Ahead of Buddy Heald, so this Pelican team isn't immediately trying to push Buddy. No yeah, offense I mean, to our biggest fan, oh, I'm not, I'm Langston not, Galloway here. I'm not but saying I'm not Buddy Heald should these be guys, jumping Langston Galloway. I'm not in the depth saying chart. that these guys are like primetime players, but I'm saying that maybe the team and maybe the coaching staff is like, hey, you know what? Let's put these maybe two ahead of them right now. Maybe they don't like out yeah. there. Maybe, maybe they're seeing Buddy Heald needs something to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time. I think he's going to ride that. He, he's going to be three deep at the two guard for probably the entire year. We, I mean, he's getting decent enough minutes right now. He should show us something, but I honestly am a little concerned for him early on. I, I think most people who had the expectations, you know, that he would come and be that instant impact kind of player uh, are a little disappointed. So I think this is going to be a, we're going to watch the rookie season. I mean, could be as bad as uh, McBuckets. Like, I mean, there, there's another guy who came out shooting. You know, mm-hmm. he was known for a shot. And, another senior player. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think Buddy needs time. Uh, it's unfortunate because I think they really could have used someone like him out there when he was playing. You know, I'm not expecting him to drop 30 like he did in college, but like you know, give him 10 a night, give him give him 12 a night. That'd be nice. Just saying, Jimmer for Debt had better stats than him. Oh shit! Just and saying. also about Dougie McDermott, Wooden Award winner. Dougie McDermott. Dougie McDermott. Dougie Just McDermott. like Buddy Heald, Wooden anyways, Award winner. Anyways. Can they be a dark horse playoff team? Let's get back to the, the actual question. Dave, yes or no? Yes. Ricky? Yeah. No, they can. And I think that right now, right now, I'd put my money on them actually knocking out a team like the Thunder from the playoff race. See, I have one crazy thing, and I'm going to sidebar this. Mm-hmm. I want them to become the old Orlando Magic. Not the old, old, but just the, the Dwight the Howard old, old. The Stan Van ones. Give me, yeah. give me four spot-up shooters on the outside. And, and just, just Anthony Davis down Anthony low. Davis down low. Why not? Because they don't have that right now. But they, they need they to could, blow up they, that team. They could do it, though, theoretically. I mean... Tyreek Evans isn't a spot-up shooter. No, he's not. Drew Holiday isn't a spot-up shooter. You I'm, don't have spot-up. I'm just Buddy Heald is. Buddy Heald is. Oh, <laughs> but he sucks in the NBA. I'm just saying, Doesn't look at the matter. Rockets. The, Ro- the Rockets just shot 53-pointers in a game. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just living living by a three-ball, and it hey. works, and they don't have a great big man. Clube Capella's doing okay. The Cavs made 22 okay. games straight. Guys, I'm just throwing this out here, and I, I don't, I'm not trying Pull to say crazy ball, here. Because we're, we're, we're going close to trades here. And this isn't, we're, we're staying in the we're staying in the mm-hmm. Pelicans here, but let's just let's just go a little nuts sure. 
sure, here. Sure. Just saying, one of the guy new guy new additions on, on the, the Rockets was Eric Gordon. Another addition was Ryan Anderson. Both oh. former Pelicans. Maybe you can make a move. Maybe put AD there. Then you could just have <laughs> AD down low. Then just blow it up. Am oh I crazy? Am well, I crazy? I mean, that's a the lot thing. It's crazy. like, look, trades. trades. <laughs> Talking trades. It, it's just it's shitty because they had they had better shooting last year. They had better pieces last year, and they obviously. They they're taking this team in a different direction because you know they they saw some success last year and they made a playoff push. But look, uh, obviously I'm, I'm looping myself because I I don't know why I can't I can't add the dots I can't connect these dots for this team. They made some poor choices. I'm just gonna say it. They well, shouldn't have done it. They, I, I mean, I, I don't think getting rid of Eric Gordon was the worst idea because Eric Gordon is a guy who's been plagued by injuries. So then you have a guy like Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, Anthony Davis, uh, Eric Gordon, who's played plagued by injuries. I mean, that just doesn't make and make Ryan for a good team. Anderson. But then Ryan Anderson, I think, I think that might have been the, the one where it was iffy uh, if you should have let him go or not because he was a dynamic player, but also. He was a guy that was in concentrate talks, and he possibly just did not want to stay in, in yeah. New Orleans. So you, you can't really blame Who New Orleans. Who wants to be in New Orleans? Apparently, no one. I don't blame him. Chris Paul didn't want to be in New Orleans, and that's why he left. But let's talk <laughs> trades now because obviously Chris Paul had that big saga with the whole LA stuff. Fuck and, the and, league and, on that one. And David Stern. But we're talking trades. 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 Um, and and one one guy that came up in uh, our Clippers talk a while back. Uh, is Omer Caspi of the Sacramento Kings. And one thing that Ricky's brought up as well is after December 15th, players who just recently signed a contract in the most recent offseason can now be traded on those deals. So that will just help uh, add assets to deals. And we're bringing up Omer Caspi because we're not saying he's going to be the biggest name traded here, but he's a guy who can be a valuable asset. I don't know about that. I mean, we talked about Boogie. Uh, but but he's a guy who is an, a valuable asset for asset for a team off the bench because of his three point shooting. He's been up and down this year, but he has, he's also been injured. Uh, but you know, he's, he's, in the past two seasons, he's been shooting over forty percent from three. What team, if you're if you're looking at a team who's a contender right now, could need a three point shooter like that and add that add Omer Caspi to their team and make them push them kind of push them over the hump? Well, I'm going to give some love to this was a comment I think. Earlier this week, we got it from Jose Gutierrez, where on our Celtics video, he said, hey, what if they went and got out a shooter like Caspi? And that's a team where it's, like, very interesting. I mean, we you have J.J. Redick from the outside, but other than that, it's Blake, like Davis said, he's not spotting up from three. DeAndre Jordan's definitely not spotting to. up from three. Yeah, but it's more of a mid-range <laughs> jumper, yeah, not a three-point line. He's a great mid-range player. That could be, to me, the Clippers are a team that— Need some outside shooting. Is Caspi the guy? I have no idea if he's like the one where you're like, give me more of Caspi. But they do need shooting on that team to eventually help them because, as we've said many a times, this is now a three-point league. You need guys who can shoot the three-pointer to have success. Yeah, and plus looking at that starting lineup, I mean, Jamal Crawford's going to be your guy off the bench who who, who can kind yeah. of shoot. I mean, he, has, he can he's get hot. Of, he's dude, lost. Dude his, can get hot though. He's lost his touch. I mean, shooting thirty one percent this year, but obviously, you know, he's been the sixth man of the year for five years straight now, right? I mean, something ridiculous. <laughs> like that. uh, and that's sarcasm. I know someone's going to come and you fucking moron. Uh, but uh, really, outside of JJ Redick, outside of Chris Paul, you don't have that three point shooting. And when you look at that starting lineup of Chris Paul, JJ Redick, and then Blake and DeAndre Jordan, there's obviously but, that there's a huge, fifth guy on that. Team, I think. Well, there's a huge drop off from Luke Mamba Mute. 
uh, in that starting lineup because you, you know Mamba Mute isn't a bad player per se, but he is a bench player. He's and, not and, quite on the level of the other four people you mentioned. Yeah, and when you say, "All right, you're gonna have you're gonna go be going up, uh, going up against the Warriors," where you have Luke Mamba Mute going up against Kevin Durant. Weirdly enough, I'm gonna take KD there. What? But adding a guy like Caspi. Yeah, you're not going to getting that. You're not getting that much defense here, and he's mostly known for coming off the bench. And there's some injury problems here. But if you're adding a guy who can shoot 40 percent from three into a starting lineup that already has JJ Redick, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin can pretty much split up half of that court, take it for themselves. Chris Paul and JJ Redick can take that other half, and you could just add Caspi to the other side. I think that makes this Clippers team so much dangerous if you add a shooter like that. But one guy I want to throw out there because I don't think. Omar Caspi's that hot of a name here. And I don't know if this guy's going to be that hot of a name, too. This might be like the, oh, you guys ready to be bold? Jazz over the or, uh, Warriors over the Jazz. Oh, <laughs> man. A guy that I, I want to mention, and I don't think he gets enough <laughs> love, is Brooke Lopez. Brodo. Brooklyn's been terrible of late, and Brooklyn is a bad team. I mean, they had a little bit of a spark there where they were looking like a good team here, but Brooklyn, mm. you need assets. You traded all of them to Boston for KG and Paul Pierce, which is one of the greatest deals of all time if you're a Boston Celtics fan. But you have Brooke Lopez. He's got one year left on his contract. I believe his contract's going to end in 2018. And he's so he's got one year. He's got a year after this. So he's got he's got one year of control. Kind of like uh, DeMarcus. For, yeah, for 20, 22 years. He's a DeMarcus in a sense of he's not as dynamic. He's, mm-hmm. He can't stretch the floor. He's not going to be an all a uh, superstar here. Yeah, but he is an all star contract wise. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's an all star. He's a contract player, and then also he can be a leader. He's been stepping up for Brooklyn leadership wise mm-hmm. since he is the veteran guy on Brooklyn. Uh, and with Jay Lynn being know, out, by default, you know, well but by sure. default, but he also hasn't been bad in that in that position. Sure, watch it watching Brooklyn at least for this year. So. Is a guy like Brooke Lopez? I know he's not the sexiest he's name. Probably devalued big men, you know. And think, Boogie is outside of the discussion because he has the shot from the outside. Brooke Lopez is a down and dirty player, but he gets you points. He gets you uh, boards. Hey, also, he gets just, you blocks. Portland. Just got to mention real Portland. quick. Oh, real quick. Just got to mention Brooke Lopez has kind of added that three point to his game. He's shooting five threes a game and he's what? making thirty six percent. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know if oh you've been watching gosh. Brooklyn or not. Yeah, but well, I mean, who, who doesn't watch Brooklyn? I watch Brooklyn. I've been but starting like, to watch Brooklyn. When you were talking about Brooke Lopez, maybe it's the I mean him of Brooklyn, but I immediately thought of the Trailblazers because what's the big thing we mentioned in our preseason predictions? Down Man, road. they don't have, they don't have a front court. They don't have anyone who can play down low. They also don't have anyone and, who can play defense. Yeah. It's one of those things where I immediately was like, Portland could be a team where it's like, do we go for DeMarcus Cousins? Now nah, that price might be a little bit too high. Let's go for Brooke Lopez, who might be, I would say, actually, I am going to say it. You would give up less for Brooke Lopez than you would DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, you're still going to give up a one, probably, yeah, but and it then would be less something than else. DeMarcus, you got you got to give up saying. a future one too, because if you're looking at Portland, you're not going to get. Uh, you're going to be looking at like a 15 back yeah. pick. Yeah, it's so not the most valuable thing. Probably at least, especially need by to, adding Brooke, you assume they're going to get better. They're not going to be a lottery team. Exactly, and with a team like New, uh, New uh, I was going to call New Jersey, Brooklyn. It's a team that really does need to get younger, and they they did try to make those trades as well. You know, trading Thad Young to the Pacers, getting a pick from them, having a pick as well in the first round, uh, getting Karis LeVert from Michigan. So the thing with with uh, Brooklyn is, I think that having Brook Lopez on that team, while it will help young players grow, I think it's actually hurting this team. So I think Brooklyn, I think it's a, an easy decision to be all right. Let's ship off Brook Lopez, and I think Brook Lopez. Moving to a team like Portland, mm-hmm. or or just a team in general. I mean, looking at it, I think Portland's probably the the easiest 
yeah. plug and play here when you're looking at a team and saying, all right, you need down low help. Bring in Brooke Lopez, who's not only adding a shot from the outside, but it's just a good shot, uh, good player uh, down low. Another team that might be interesting in in some the ways. The 76ers. I was going to say Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. Are you telling me the 76ers don't need another center? They don't need another center. Uh, Dave just wanted to talk about the 76ers. Someone disagrees with you. I know does. I know. I, but uh, you know, looking at that, I think, I think Portland or, or a team like... Charlotte could be an interesting fit here yeah. for for Brooke Lopez, and I think if we're looking at big names that could possibly be traded before I, the trade deadline or All Star break, I'm looking at Brooke Lopez. I know this won't happen, Sean, but I want to ask you a hypothetical. Yeah, give me your best package or best kind of tinfoil hat theory that the Warriors would say. You know what, what? Zaza, fuck yourself. Money. We're doesn't going exist. after Brooke Lopez. The money Where's doesn't the exist. Money. That's why I said put your tin tin foil head on. I Clay find Thompson, me a way where that could work. Clay Thompson for Brooke Lopez and well, hold on, let's look at <laughs> Jeremy here. Lynn because he's one because Brooke Lopez yeah. is making twenty two million a it's year. It's not possible. I mean, it's just not. Um, there were the rumors. And I'm using air quotes. The it's, rumors it's not, of Clay Thompson. It's actually day. just not possible. Uh, Sean Livingston. I you, I need to go to the trade machine for this. I don't know why you're throwing me under the bus here. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm gonna write up the Warriors. I don't have the tinfoil so hat like Ricky Widmer. I, yeah. I just tinfoil hat. What other names besides Brooke Lopez, besides Omar Caspi, are kind of sticking out to you? You know what just hit me for Omar Caspi should go to the Knicks. They need they need a backup small forward who, mm-hmm. who has an outside shot. Are you saying Sasha Vujicic isn't a good backup small forward? How dare you? Oh, man. I am. I, How dare you? I'm sorry I've offended you. He's I apologize. <laughs> seen his hair? I'm just saying that would be a good fit. I don't know. I don't disagree. And New York has been, but New York also has been jailing, so you might not want to throw a wrench into that. Eh, why not? Right. Yeah, they've mean, got the Euro bench. Who cares? I'm going to throw out this. And this was actually, exactly. This was it actually fits. from last week, but we couldn't bring it up because we didn't talk about trades. There was, according to Bleacher Report's Rick Buecher, Tom Thibodeau is looking to, uh, he's getting very impatient with his young stars and may deal one for a veteran. And here's the big quote. Who he can trust and help him win now. Uh oh. So Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau might looking D- for a former player. It's either D Rose, it's either <laughs> Jimmy Butler, D-Rose. it's either Lou Aldang, it's either Taj Gibson. Okay, stop. whatever former bowl you want to play. It's stop. clearly Joe Kim Noah. Jimmy, it could be Joe. Jimmy's could be Joe. out. Yeah, for, Jimmy's for not sure. going out there. It's, it's Taj. Taj gone. is the guy that you would look at. Taj is the guy, and because he's could, the only one put, that. You could think put Cat at the five and then yeah. Taj he trusts. Yeah, you could put you could put Taj at the four, Cat at the five, but that means he's going to have to trade a young player. One, Maybe one you young look at Shabazz. You, well, I don't think you're going to need a young star. You're Maybe not. Shabazz Muhammad or possibly Gorgie Dang, who's going to get kicked says, out. And this is what the tweet says. I understand what you're saying. Stars. Okay, but they're not going to kick out Zach Levine. They're not going to yeah, kick Zach's out Andrew Wiggins for Taj God, Gibson, no. and they're not going to get rid of Cat for Taj Gibson. Well, I'm just you trying look to value figure wise. out what young star. <sighs> okay, yeah. and young star means a young player, Gorgie yeah. Dang or, or possibly Shabazz Muhammad, if you're looking up at value wise, because Taj Gibson isn't going to pull in an Andrew Wiggins. Shockingly, uh, he's not going to pull in a Zach Levine. He's not going to pull in a Carl Anthony Towns. You could write off those three right there. Maybe if, you know, things break, it's not going to be Chris Dunn either. If things break, maybe Ricky Rubio, if they do trust Chris Dunn enough, which I don't think if he wants to keep veterans around, I don't think that's going to happen. I really think you're really looking at Shabazz Muhammad or Gorgie Dang because Dang will be kicked out of the starting lineup anyways if if Taj is brought in. And, you know, you kind of need power forward help with the, for the Bulls, mm-hmm. but he's not really a power forward. See, but. I just, the one thing I disagree with there is I think if if Tom Thibodeau is looking to trade young talent, there's no way he gets rid of Rubio. 
Why would you get rid of that's a what veteran? I said, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. If he wants to keep a veteran mm-hmm. around, then he's not going to get rid of Rubio. I, I just I think that it's all well and good that he's he's saying these things, and if we're only sticking to Bulls players here, I mean, well, who else? If it's a play, because they're saying it's a player. I mean, well, let's go. Let's trust. go. Old school veteran from the Celtics. Then you know Maybe. he wants Rondo or some. I don't know. Could something go after crazy. Paul Pierce. Who's, Still in the league? No, God no! Still in the league. God no! Oh God! No. He can trust him. Yeah, we're gonna trade a young star for Paul Pierce, who's retiring after this year. God, that's no, I, I don't brutal. know. Brutal. That that doesn't seem to have any clear lines on where they're going with that. I, I'm going for the obvious one. W- where do you think? You know, there's rumors about Nerlens going to the Raptors. They're a little, they're a little short-handed up there. You know, Terrence Russ could be a luxury that they could give away. Uh, it was rumored, so I don't know. I'm thinking that. Look, we've been talking about Nerlens going for the past mm-hmm. year now. I, I think he is definitely the odd man. Actually, well, it's not just him. It's yeah. do you trade him? Do you trade Ja? Well, obviously, really, one those of are the, the two. two. You're not going to trade the process. You don't dare trade. <laughs> don't even don't even bring his name up in this well, discussion. Remember how we used to I'm add? Offended. We used to add him in before the season started. It used to be those three. Now we're we not used talking to. about him. We Dave. used to. Have you seen him? Uh, but I mean, one one thing too. You also get have... Dave all hot and bothered over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that with Ja or, or Nerlens, it's, it's going to be one of those two. But it's really where does he go? You bring up Toronto. I, I think with the power forward fit, that that makes sense because you were constantly bringing up power forwards. I mean, last year they had fucking Luis Scola as their power forward. So I think I think a fit like that would make sense. But then you also don't want to stunt people like Jacob Pertl there, and also. The Raptors might not need it. They might not. Yeah, that's the other thing is they're they're doing quite well without him, and he's gonna come back from his injury somewhere. They're rumoring early December. So and really the question right the is, if you're making a trade when you're in the East, it's all right. Should we give up this much to possibly try to beat the Cavs, or will this help us beat the Cavs, or mm-hmm. how much well, will I mean, this push K-Luck us towards the Cavs? Blowing it up right now, you could use a defensive stopper like Nerlens Noel. But how well is Nerlens going to be able to play perimeter and he, just kind of stay I out think, there? I think Nerlens, but, but more of K Love isn't going to be you know dominating inside. K Love is going to be a guy he won't who's get seventeen outside. to twenty boards a night. Fair enough, but I mean, you also have Tristan Thompson, and I, I, I don't. I think Tristan Thompson showed last year that he can yeah. out rebound Valanciunas. Well, and you for, don't for, have for his one Biombo as well for one series. Let me ask one you series. this, Dave, and this is kind of piggybacking off of yours. I'm looking at an article for Brandon Knight, and one of the teams that CBS has on there, 76. No one wins in that trade. A Nerlens <laughs> for Brandon Knight, kind of a swap. Or that, like that, a that job reminds me for Brandon. Yeah, that, that's a terrible idea because you just drafted two power forwards. You have Alex Lynn. But you can let them develop Alex under Lynn, I, Noel. I think I'm done with him. No, I think it's he's a more, boss. It's more Brandon Knight? No, Bender Alex Lynn. It's more oh. Bender and Chris are the ones that – because Alex Len plays – he's going to be the five. He's the yeah. – unless you want Tyson Chandler being your, Tyson your Chandler's, five. Yeah, but you can't he's move He's the that. ageless wonder. You can't. <laughs> Tyson Chandler <laughs> sucks. Ageless wonder. Used to be the ageless wonder. Now really, he sucks. Now really, he's an old man. Nerlens comes over to the Sun. If he came over to the Suns, he'd be a four. And it'd be really, do you want to say, hey, here's Nerlens at the top, Chris. You can now be the backup behind him to just gel. And on the 76ers, would they pull a trigger to bring in a Brandon Knight? 
to give them a score now that theirs is sitting there with a foot foot injury. Is that what Ben Simmons is? Injury uh, ben on the Simmons side. isn't a scorer anyway. Broke his foot. But the polarizing star that they brought in to be yeah. Magic Johnson and Sean would say. Okay, also, also, maybe real quick, yeah. in the nine games Tyson Chandler's played, he's been decent. So I, I was going to say, dude, dude plays. The wonder. <laughs> he he gives back. you nothing special. But at the same time, he's not a bad player. His contract was awful. Mm-hmm. His contract's horrible. But the dude is not bad. He, he's a consistent center. Um, look, I, I, was, I was thinking about that, and actually that's a weird combo, but I almost it, it's trading trash for trash from each team. It's what don't we value. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Knight, I, I think I've said it a couple times, I don't know if on the air ever, I, I don't think he makes his team better around him. He's a selfish player who uh, in no way benefits his team. Uh, with him on the floor, yes, it gives them better scoring. Which I mean is just absolutely absent from the 76ers at the guard position. So maybe it could help them. I don't know if it helps them in the long run though. And, and one thing too, speaking of Brandon Knight, with this is how when do you give up on a player? <laughs> and it's a question, and I'm, I'm asking this seriously. I'm not saying that Brandon Knight's uh, you know done and, and he's not going to have a successful NBA career. But when you look at what he's done, I mean, he's been traded from Detroit, he's been traded from Milwaukee, he's been traded from Phoenix, now again he's in trade talks here, and he's only 24. I mean, he's been in the league for now five years, yet you're still talking about a player of, all right, what does he bring to his team, is he going to bring enough to this team, in five years he hasn't shown enough where you're like, okay, this guy is going to be this part of our team, where you know he's, he's good enough to be a starter, but he's got guys in front of him like Eric Bledsoe, mm-hmm. if you go to a team like 76ers then you know he's not going to have that much kind of you know competition there it might be the best spot for him but he really doesn't have competition because he can kind of be the guy without kind of well the process would be the guy i didn't want to make dave angry well, you got the process there. and then you got ben simmons <laughs> coming in too so i mean well, i'm not saying brandon knight's going to be the guy but yeah. it's a starter oh yeah he, he comes in instantly and gives mm-hmm. them more scoring than they have the problem is he is a volume scorer he's super selfish and i don't Andrew really Crow. Well, there's that too. There, there's that small problem of him not playing a full season yet. You know, whatever you want to go that route, Sean. One final name, throw it out there that can possibly get traded, or or a guy that you are gonna say he will be traded. So a guy that you want to throw out, or a guy that you're saying you want to you want to put down the hammer, say this guy will be well, traded before the All Star break. Mine's not a guy. Mine's going back to Brandon Knight just it's an really idea. quick. Well, it's a team and. It's one that, because I looked at the CBS article, and it's a team we just talked about, and the um, author, Matt Moore, brought up the Pelicans in the sense that, I know I said, hey, you're not going to go for a brand night because you have Drew Holiday and Tim Frazier, but what he kind of talks about is how Knight would fit in as maybe a shooting guard who could also run the offense for the Pelicans. So to me, it's not like I'm saying, hey, this is a player that needs to go, maybe that's an idea that we see where maybe a team like we talked about, the Pelicans, that needs something, say, hey, let's make a run for a Brandon Knight who can be a shooting guard instead and run the offense if we need him to, if we don't trust Frazier. Dave, final final thoughts here on this trade talk. We're talking trades. Uh, I, I did a little more research, Ricky, just in the meantime. And, yeah, there there are solid rumors that it looks like Dang is the one that Tom Thibodeau is looking at. That'd be uh, huge for the T Wolves, and and possibly the Bulls being involved to kind of move some pieces. <laughs> well, of course, the Bulls would. Of course, the Bulls, the Bulls want to see if they can get Chris Dunn because they couldn't get him in the draft. Dave. Oh my god! Well, okay, well then, if if that's I mean, Taj seems like the biggest guy out here. You got well, Taj would Dang, go to the Lakers. Taj, so Taj going to the Lakers, which, right? It would be mm, Dang would go to the T Wolves. Where's Julius Randle? What would play? the Lakers get? Where's Julius Randle going to play? 
You move Taj to you make Taj at the five. I don't. Maybe you have a dual thing of Taj and Julius. I mean, everybody's playing small I think, anyway. I think I've brought up before that so, the, the Lakers could possibly bring in a young five. Got Gorgie Dang. Dang goes to the Lakers. Lakers ship Dang to the Timberwolves. And then now I lost it because I don't know what, how the Bulls are involved. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> no, no idea. But, I don't know how the Bulls crazy are involved. rumors for uh, sure. Just to end this podcast, Ricky, I did try, find a way to get Brooke Lopez to the Golden State oh, let's Warriors. Hear this I want to hear it. Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston for Brooke Lopez. That's the only thing that will work cap-wise. So, yeah, that's not happening, Ricky. So, I, sorry. Think that, I think the Nets would do it. I don't know. The you, mean, you mean Chandra Livadala? Chandra Livadala, the <laughs> Uh, the fifth best six man in, in, in the NBA, according to our rankings, yep. uh, which was by Real GM. Go to realgm.com. Uh, it's not a sponsor. But anyways, it's going to wrap up this podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us and listening on Blog Talk Radio. If you liked it, please check out patreon.com slash podcast to support us a little bit more. If you're also on Blog Talk Radio, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash podcast. You can check out all of our videos. When we do video podcasts, you can see our lovely faces. But for uh, Ricky Widmer and Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.